here today with Ben Weinfeld. Ben, thank you for coming in. Yeah, of course. Great to be here. It's a long time coming. I'm excited. I know. I think it's a good time of the year to do a podcast with the president when you're kind of on your way out and you've got most of senior year behind you. So, Yeah, absolutely. Especially after that last uh, senior speech, Alex Watson just gave a, uh, a great one about being a 13-year man that I really you know, resonated with and very nostalgic. So. Yeah, so you've been here for 13 years. Wow. Yeah, so I've been here since uh, I was in that you know picture that he showed up there with all the kindergartners. I was right down in the bottom corner, but um, I actually left after third grade and came back for eighth grade. Uh, so I had a little gap in the middle. So I'm not exactly a 13-year man, but uh, yeah, it took a little hiatus there. So what are you um, what are you going to miss most? Do you think about Gilman? What is Jeez, it about the place and the people and? What do you think next year and when you go to college you're going to be thinking back on and missing the most? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of an uh, impossible question to answer, but I think just the people. It's, you know, what makes Gilman Gilman, uh, whether it be the, my brothers in class 2023 or all the teachers or just, you know, people around campus. I think nothing replaces the people or what makes Gilman what it is. So uh, definitely that, but also, you know, all the traditions and just, I mean, everything. Yeah, yeah, and you have family. and Just bring yeah. the mic yeah. a little bit. Yeah, there you go. You have most of your family went here, right? Yeah, so I had an older brother who's uh, six years older than me. He went here. He was class 2017. And then also my dad went here. So Gilman's been kind of in my blood for forever. Wow. Yeah. So um, do you talk to your dad about maybe differences between stories about when he was here versus your experience at Gilman? Yeah, I think we actually had pretty similar experiences. He was, you know, on the football team and he was in, you know, student government a little bit. Um, and we could definitely relate with a lot of stuff just about Gilman and the kind of core values and the brotherhood. But I think our you know experiences are pretty different just in terms of what what Gilman is. But it, it remains you know, relatively consistent. Yeah, I'd love to uh, I'd love to get him on here. Yeah, if he's, he, if he's willing. Oh, he'd love to get on here. Yeah, yeah. he's such a great guy. You know, my role model. But he you know whole talk up a storm. You'll have him on here for three hours. He's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's but he's a great guy and he's you know Gilman to his core. So that, I think that's where I get it from. And what class was he? He was class of, let me think, I guess, um, nine, or 89, 89, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 89. Yeah, that'd be, so. that'd be cool. I, it would be great to do a podcast episode with you and him and yeah. even your brother, but it's just kind of tough. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, nice yeah, doing the one-on-one. Yeah, but I, I know he'd love to get, get on here eventually, and, uh, you know, he's been around Gilman. He's been on the board and been, uh, you know, he's, he's seen everything, so he'd be great to have on. Definitely a lot of knowledge. So tell me a little bit about your senior year, how it's really shaped up for you. Class president, I know you had a lot of expectations and goals for your class coming yeah. into this year. What do you think, how, how has everything turned out? I mean, I've been super, I couldn't be happier. Uh, you know, I think the goal is really to uh, live in the moment, make sure other people are having a good time. Um, and kind of, I put this expectation of having this great senior year in my head when I, you know, ever since I was a little kid, seeing my brother as a senior, just it's going to be the best time. You know, you really live out your best years at Gilman, and I think we, we've met that expectation from all the games and having, there are just so many underclassmen that have been coming out to support along with the senior class, so I know the future's bright there, um, but it's, it's really just been awesome. That was one of the big things that I think you mentioned when you were running for yeah. president and early on in your, I guess, tenure as senior or school president. Yeah. Um, was coming out to games and getting excited for sporting events. Why is that so important to you? Absolutely. Well, I think games are one of those things, um, you know, the performing arts, everyone loves to see art and, you know, be at plays, but games, people could really get loud and active in the student sections and really make an impact on the players. 
you know, I know when I'm out there, I'm playing football, and I hear the crowd noise at a Gilman McDonough game, you know, that support, that really drives me. So along with it being a really good time for the people involved, just everyone involved. And I think that's really the definition of Gilman's spirit, brother supporting brother. You know, you go out to their games, they come out to yours, and it just creates this environment and this energy that really can't be replaced. And I think we've we've really got that down to a T this year, and, you know, that's been my goal. So I'm yeah. really proud of that. Yeah, such a, uh important community builder. I remember when I was in high school, our mascot at Conestoga was the, the – we were the pioneers. Yeah. So we had the pioneer pit. And the whole grade, mostly seniors and juniors, but the whole school would join the Pioneer Pit. And it was just, it's exciting, you know. It's fun to not only play with that crowd behind you, but also just be in the the crowd, in the pit. Oh, yeah. And it's stuff like that, like the uh, the Gilman Raiders that Watson was just talking about. I remember them running down the hallways when I was a little kid and just going back and getting to do that and lead them in that gladiator helmet. It's just, you know, that, that experience alone is, is worth so much, man. And I know those little kids will grow up and hopefully want to do the same thing. So giving back is definitely plays a big role in that. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about that because that's one. So I didn't go to Gilman, yeah. and uh, I guess I never was a little kid while the Raiders were running around my classroom. So I, I don't see that as such an important tradition as some people do. I see that as, you know, oh, the Raiders are coming in. we got to get ready. Like, i got to prepare the – Bryn Mawr yeah, girls and the Roland Park girls for this tradition where crazy lunatics run around the classroom and knock everything down. Yeah, you yeah. know. So I I get kind of stressed out about it, but other people say this is such an important tradition here at Gilman. You know, usually when you're younger and you look up to these guys running around in costumes, it's an exciting yeah. moment. I mean, really, we we say we do it for the little kids. I have a great time doing it myself, but it really is for the lower schoolers because when you're in those lower school classrooms, you know, you're a little kid. And you really just hear this rumbling. It's like an earthquake. And you know that, you know, these guys are about to run in the room. Obviously, if you're a little kid taking a test, you're like, we're going to get out of this test because these raiders are coming in. And they're just these huge guys coming in, like Vikings raiding classrooms. And it's, I mean, it's really special. So, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like kind of a crazy tradition from the outside looking in, just these guys running in and throwing papers all around, knocking things over. But, you know, it's, it's got a lot of meaning. Yeah. So you decided to run for school president. Where did that come from? Why did you want to do that? Yeah, so I've actually been involved in the student government. I've been class president. You know, I was ran freshman year, and then, you know, that kind of transferred into sophomore year, junior year. So I've been class president all the way through, which I've been really proud of, and I think I've gotten some good stuff done. And I'm really close to my class and kind of built that relationship with my class where I, you know, I kind of be the leader and I represent the guys. And I guess, you know, they they like that. And I, you know, I obviously like representing them. So that kind of transferred into senior year where I was like, this is crazy. I never expected that I'd be running for student body president if I'm going to do it. And I did it and I won. And, you know, I've never really looked back. Mm-hmm. And what's the, what's the campaign process like? I mean, if you're a sophomore or junior and you're thinking, well, that maybe, maybe I would be a good school president. Yeah. Um, how do you do that? How do you... I guess, announce yourself and put yourself out there to win an election like you did. Yeah, so I remember when I was, um, I guess I would have been a sophomore, and my one of my best friends, Charles Slater, his brother's friend, Tucker Hebert, was running for president. I remember I was at his house, and Tucker came in the basement as, like, the older brother's friend, and he, he told me, it's like, hey, Ben, you got to tell all your friends to vote for me and then tell their friends to vote for me, and then, you know, you get their friends. It's like a pyramid scheme. But it's all, it's all basically just about like networking with the younger kids, 
Uh, but for me, I think I, I've been involved in a lot of things at Gilman, uh, a lot of teams, and just gotten to know a lot of the kids. So I guess just word of mouth, and I, I really consider myself to have a close relationship with everyone I know here. So it, I think it just kind of came naturally for me. But I think for the younger kids that are campaigning, just get involved in every different you know facet of Gilman. Don't just hold yourself to, you know, you're the kid on the football team. Just be you know, a renaissance man and get to know everybody. And I think that way it will come naturally. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. I think. Um, yeah. So, um, as class president, thinking about the class of 2023, I just heard Alex Watson say that you guys have a very special group of guys. What do you think characterizes your class in general? Like what is, if I was to ask you, you know, down the line, what is it about your class that was so special? What do you think you'd say? I think it's just that we're super well-rounded and we work as a really cohesive unit. So we have guys, I know a lot of classes have been defined by championships, whether that be a you know, lacrosse title, a football title, you know, something like that. But I think we just have everyone who specializes in something and we might not be the best in this one area, but together, you know, we work together and it's, it's just great. We have, you know, spectacular artists, spectacular, you know, baseball players, football players, kind of everything. So I think it's just that well-roundedness that makes mm -hmm. us special. Definitely special artists. I mean, yeah, the seriously. art show is oh up right gosh. now. It's and, incredible. Yeah, Anae and Luke Woodworth and so many of the seniors right now are just unbelievable artists. Yeah, and I think that's you know something that makes Gilman special. You have guys like Charlie Fenwick, who you look at him and at base value, you know, you might know that he plays squash. He's a spectacular squash player, but he's also you know this amazing artist. And you just have these guys who could do the be have the best of both worlds. And I, you know, I know that. Everyone that's come on here has said that, but that's what makes Gilman special is these guys that could do so many things. Yeah, I like that. Um, so tell me about some of the classes you've taken at Gilman. You just said that you're in Mr. Hastings' um, elective this year. Uh, what are some classes that have been super memorable to you and you've just really enjoyed and learned a lot during your experience in these teachers' classes? Yeah, absolutely. So Mr. Hastings, you just mentioned, I actually had him um, my sophomore year or two, so that our relationship kind of transferred over. And then I had his Ulysses class this year, uh, first semester, and then his Memoirs of Expats class this semester. So it's really that relationship with Mr. Hastings that I have, um, but also the material that we cover. He's a really knowledgeable guy, and I mean, he's a joy sin, and you know, that, that comes out in his Ulysses class. Um, he just knew, I mean, he knows more about that book than anyone else in the world, and it's you know it's really impressive. And just having that level of knowledge, and being able to have him as my teacher is is pretty sweet. So, so I really enjoyed. That did class. you take that Ulysses class too? I did take that Ulysses. Okay, class. what was that like? I mean, it was. I've never had a class with you know a teacher that's so knowledgeable about the subject that they're teaching. So he could go into any you know I could drop a quote from any page of Ulysses, and he'd be able to identify it, analyze it, give you the full rundown. So it's just. But it's a, it's a lot, you know, there's a lot of Ulysses and you can't necessarily get that all in one semester. So we kind of pick, pick parts out of it that were important to him and it was just great. Did you feel like reading that book was, um, do you, did you get a lot out of that experience of reading that book? Because I know how difficult it is. Yeah. I mean, I read it in college and I just didn't have the time to really sit down and dive into, I mean, I walk by Mr. Hastings' office every day and he's got it on his desk, he reads it every day. Yeah, so it I mean, takes a lot of time. It's a commitment, and you know, for him, it's definitely a lifelong thing where he'll just read it over and over and over again. But 
the whole thing with Ulysses is you can't read, you need to read it twice to even get a base level of understanding because there's so many caveats that you need to understand and so many different relationships and so much to analyze. It's, I mean, it's like the most complex puzzle in the world. So it, it's, it's a tough read to say the least. Absolutely. So Ben, let me ask you a question about uh, just kind of being a teenager in the world. What are you, 17, 18, 18 years old right yeah, now? Yeah. 18 years old. Um, what do you find like are some of the distractions that teenagers face that makes it difficult to i guess come to school and focus and you know get everything you can out of the experience of being in high school because it's interesting i was looking on twitter or i think it was on twitter and there was a video of like high school in the 90s versus high school today and the video footage was so different you know i just want to know like from your perspective What's it like to be a teenager or a high school student in the world today? I mean, I think people really, I know exactly what you're talking about with that Twitter and kind of people romanticizing that in the 90s. It's a VHS, you know, film tape. Um, but I think now it's kind of dominated a lot by social media, uh, as, as you know, is just kind of an integral part of your, you know, your social life. And I think that that's just huge. And just technology in general, as you know, you know, this AI that's all coming out, that's something big. And I think that that's definitely going to define my generation um, in school, but just being a teenager now, it's it's all about navigating kind of that world of social life, whether it be in person, but also being able to, you know, be consistent on social media and being able to reach out. The the connection is crazy now because you could reach out to anyone at any time. I think that that's a huge part of being a teenager today. Yeah, it's hard because you almost have to have two personas or personalities: the in in person reality, and then you have this whole other world yeah. that exists on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I've kind of seen being a you know, student body president. I like to go, or in, when I was class president, I'd always do these Instagram live streams, which I really love doing, where I'd uh, you know, set up my phone on my desk at home, and I'd just go live, and everyone from the class, it's a private account, but everyone from the class could join up and join into the live. And we'd kind of just talk about the day-to-day at Gilman, what's going on, what's going on in people's lives, and really connect through there, which I, I've always thought is super special. So I did that a lot when I was class president, but also transferred it over, and I've done one this year um, where I went on the school student body account, and I went live, and I just see all these you know freshmen, sophomore, juniors joining, and we kind of just talk about what's going on in the world of Gilman. And so they put questions in yeah, and yeah. thoughts, and you just answer them? Yeah, so they'll put in questions or thoughts, or they'll request to join. So I'll have all these different people join up on the Instagram um, and we'll kind of just talk, I'll ask them about, a lot about what's going on in their day, what their day looks like, what their life looks like, you know, just big things. But I think that just bringing the community together, it's so easy now, more easy than ever. Interesting. So what are some of the uh, thoughts and the, some of the feedback that you get on those live streams from the lower classmen about things that they like about Gilman life versus things that, you know, they want to change or should be different or complaints that you get maybe? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of it uh, circulates a lot around Flick or, you know, lunch provider. Obviously, everyone's always like, make the food better, make the food better. I'm like, that's a little bit above my pay grade, but I'll see what I can do. And now Flick's, uh, obviously, they've gotten some upgrades recently. And uh, some of the kids are like, is this you? And, you know, I have nothing to do with it. But I'll, I'll take the credit, you know. <laughs> I'll take the credit anytime I can get it. Um, so the food is definitely a big one. And I've been able, whenever people say, you know, get better food, I always try to do you know, like we have Chick-fil-A sale coming up, we have this sale coming up, that sale coming up. Uh, but really not a lot of complaints. People are always just asking, can we get more people out of this game? Could we you know, get more support for this or that? Uh, so 
but they're they're mainly just kind of the Instagram live serve as something for the kids to join that's outside of Gilman, outside the school hours, but to still be connected in the community. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that those are really special. So as somebody who's passionate about the sporting events here at Gilman, yeah. uh, what are your favorite games to go to? Baseball games, volleyball games, squash matches? Yeah, I mean, I think every game really has something different to love about them. Uh, I think the volleyball games, especially in the past, when we've gone really deep in the championships, have been so fun. That's something that you wouldn't really expect, you know. Men's volleyball doesn't get a lot of recognition, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But in Maryland, it's a big deal. And playing schools like McDonough or playing schools like McDonough football, but like Loyola is really a rival in volleyball and a lot of other sports these days. So anytime I could get out to a Loyola game, um, that's a really good time. Yeah, I think um, I think that's fun. You know, it's like when you bring a crowd of people to different sports yeah. that. You know, maybe aren't the footballs and the basketballs, yeah. and that's exciting for the school and exactly. for, the, for the players. Yeah, yeah. And that one of my goals has been to get out to every different game, you know, throughout the year, and be going to, uh, you know, I played football, but going to every level from varsity to frosh, just to be able to kind of see everyone play. And I've seen a lot of different sports that I haven't before. So I went to St. Paul's one day to see the squash guys play. Uh, you know, no other student was there, but it was it was interesting getting to watch them. You know, they completely dominated St. Paul's. We have a great squash program, but it was just uh, you know fun to see those guys in their element. I would love it if you can get a huge squad to the JV lacrosse games because we've I got know. a great group of g- guys, and you know we've got a game today, but we're undefeated so far, and it's just, it's a very fun group to coach and be around. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I remember I was on uh, fresh off lacrosse my freshman year, and then I was on JV, and you know it's a good time. And those guys, you know, obviously they want to be on varsity, but. You really build that camaraderie all playing on JV, and it's uh, you know it's as much as a team as anywhere anywhere else. So I'll definitely try to get some uh, some support there. Yeah, and it, uh, one thing that I've thought a lot about is everybody as a freshman wants to make the varsity team. Yeah. Usually, you know, if you're if you're serious about your sport, you want to make varsity. But there's so much that you learn playing JV that helps you later on, like leadership and how to win games and. I don't know. I'm I'm really a proponent of of being on JV for a year or two, learning how to yep. be on a team, and then once you get the varsity, you're really a leader. You know how to lead. Absolutely, and I think that I've always been a proponent of going on JV because nothing replaces playing experience. You know, you can watch these get varsity guys play all you want, practice against them all you want, but that game time, once you're really in there, the instincts and everything else that comes with being in the game, high pressure, nothing replaces that. Mm-hmm. So. That's good that the JV guys are getting uh, getting experience. Yeah, we've got some good guys, so hopefully we get a win. Beautiful day out there today. Yeah, seriously. So, so Ben, tell me a little bit about um, college, the college process, and Wake Forest next year yep. is where you're off to. Yep. So I kind of had a uh, you know interesting college process. So initially, I had wanted to uh, apply ED to Vanderbilt and uh, you know a few other schools. I had done a tour of the South, gone to Vanderbilt, Embry. Uh, Rhodes, kind of the classic, uh, you know, Wake Forest, all those schools that a lot of Gilman guys recommend. Um, and then I came on, stumbled on Wake Forest, and I was like, I really love the school. And during the fall, I was so busy with, uh, you know, football, with being the you know president and so many other things, college apps, that I was like, all right, I'm going to apply ED1 to Wake Forest, and then I'll kind of go from there. I, I pushed it off a little bit. But I ended up getting in, so I only really submitted one college app. Um, mm. Got in, so I, you know, I got really lucky with the whole college, uh, you know, application experience, and I'm so happy to be going to Wake. There are so many Gilman guys going, my best friends going. 
Um, so I think it's going to be a really good time. Wow. Yeah, a lot of Gilman guys end up at Wake. What Tons. is that? What is that pipeline? I mean, I, I don't even know. It used to be the Gilman-Princeton uh, pipeline, but now it's like the Gilman-Wake Forest pipeline, um, yeah. which is good. You know, it shows that it's a spot where Gilman kids can succeed and where they're really happy, and I've, I've heard nothing but good things. So definitely Wake Forest is a, is a great spot. So what's it like down there? I've never been to Wake Forest. Yeah, so Winston-Salem is kind of like a mid-sized city. And Wake Forest has got an undergrad population of uh, about, I think, 5,000. So it's a pretty small school, but it's also got this ACC, you know, football and every other sport that, you know, they're competitive. I kind of like to think of them of, as the Gilman of the ACC where, you know, they're small, but they, you know, they're intense and they're, you know, competing with these big guys and, you know, they win a lot of the time. So, or at least win sometimes. So um, I think it's really fun because it's a small school, but definitely big school vibes with the sports and mm-hmm. uh, the energy. So I think that's why so many Gilman guys love it. Yeah. Um it's interesting. I think there's a trend now of of students wanting to go to these big, like southern yeah, football schools. Yeah. You know, it's like I was talking to some of my students in my senior elective, and one girl's going to Alabama, and then another girl was like, "Yeah, I went to UVA, and I just felt too much like Bryn Mawr. You yeah. know, I want to go to a bigger school." And I wonder what that's all about. I, I wonder if that's because of you know. COVID and wanting to feel like you're a part of this bigger community after being isolated for so long. Or I was also thinking about TikTok too and how on TikTok you see all these videos of Southern schools and how fun it looks and the sun's out and games are going on. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I mean, I don't really know. I've never really thought about that way, but I definitely have noticed that uptick in all these schools, you know, Georgia to Alabama. I mean, they're, they're great schools, but traditionally not a lot of Gilman kids or Bryn Mawr or RPCS go there. So I think maybe it is that social media, just seeing that in, you know, romanticized version of all these kids having this great time. I don't know who wouldn't want to go down there. So um, right. I don't know. But also that, you know, college application and admissions process is, is more competitive than ever right now. So I can see why people, you know, can depend on those big schools, um, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and even those schools that are super big that were – you know, not super hard to get into yeah. a few years now are getting harder. Like it's harder to get into Georgia and Alabama yeah. and these Southern state schools. Yeah. And I think Clemson is a big example of that Clemson a few years ago, um, people would go there, but it wouldn't necessarily be, you know, a top school for a lot of guys, but now people are getting in, you know, applying ED, getting in and just going there and, you know, having great experiences, but it's this big school that you wouldn't typically apply early decision to. Um, so I know a lot of my buddies that got in there are just you know going because they're you know it's it's super competitive nowadays. Um, when when you went to Wake Forest, did you feel did it feel like Gilman to you? Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that's that's kind of what I love. You know, I feel very comfortable here, but obviously, you know, a different um, you know location. It's, it's still very different, but that red brick and that kind of homey feel. Yeah, uh, definitely very similar environment than Gilman. Um, but I think it is that, that same energy. People are just so proud. You know, people are really proud to go there. Um, and that's that Gilman pride that I think transfers over. So who in your class are, is going to Wake Forest? I know Jack Bissonette. Yeah, so we have Jack Bissonette, Charlie Slater, who's been, you know, best friend since kindergarten. Um, we have Will Kunisaki, Will's Cam. You know, he does all the videography. Yeah, man, he's talented. Yeah, he's going to be great. Hopefully he can take that uh, talent to Winston-Salem. I know he will um, get some footage there. Um, so we have him going. Cooper Seidel is going. So he's a baseball player um, and a Gilman guy. He's been at Gilman since uh, middle school. So I think I think we have five going right as as of now. Potentially more. 
So do you have any idea where your interests lie? I know that that's a tough question. I had no idea what I wanted to study when I was going to college, but do you have any idea of what classes you're kind of interested in or majors? Yeah, absolutely. So they have a um, business and enterprise management program, which is really good. And that kind of allows for a variety of, you know, you could go a variety of directions. I'm really interested in entrepreneurship. Um, that's actually a class that I, I took at Gilman. I have always been, uh, but I took a class at Gilman with Mr. Batter or Bader, um, which really sparked my interest. And then I, you know, we did the startup experience at Gilman and a few other things. And I have this uh, junk removal business called uh, Forno Haulers. So I was like, you know, how can I take this to college? How can I do something that you know, I want to learn about business? And I want to, you know, go into this field. So I think their business and enterprise management um, and then their entrepreneurship kind of getting there. What is your business? Because I heard a lot about it when I was moving onto campus and yeah. I was trying to get all my stuff out of my sure. apartment and I needed to rent a pickup truck and everyone was telling me, call, call Ben Weinfeld. Oh, there we go. Love, so, love to hear it. So what is this? Yeah, so two summer. well, actually, it all started with my older brother who I really looked up to. He had this uh, Chevy Avalanche pickup truck. And I remember every summer he would go out with his best friend and they'd do these junk removal jobs. And I remember him telling me, you know, how much money he'd make. And I was like, that sounds pretty sweet. Um, so he had these like flyers and I, I stumbled upon one one day and I was like, this was right before I got my car. And I was like, maybe I should get a pickup truck because I always kind of thought I would follow my brother's footsteps. So I got the truck and then I, I thought, you know, I'm, I don't have anything to do this summer, why not, you know, make an Instagram page, start kind of networking a little bit, posting around on social media for this junk removal business, 4-0 is the area code of Baltimore, so it became 4-0 haulers, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from there I got some t-shirts printed and got some friends that got really into it, and we've just been, uh, been doing jobs since, which I really love. So. so what will you do for people? You'll come into their house and you'll just take all their old couches and old crap out and throw it in the truck and go dump it somewhere. Yeah, we, we usually just go in there and I'll tell them, just point at it and we'll get rid of it. And they, uh, they tend to like that. But it'll usually go down. Someone will contact me. Hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. I heard about you from next door. Um, what are your rates? I have, you know, a couch, some paint, and just all these you know, various miscellaneous items that they want to get rid of. And then I'll ask them to send over some pictures and then I'll give them an estimate and then they'll, you know, send over the address and we'll just go over there. And I mean, sometimes we need to do some like small scale demolition. So I've needed to take a, uh, like a reciprocating saw and cut cabinets in half just to pack them into the truck. And then we'll go to the Baltimore County dump and just get rid of it. And, you know, whether we need to do, you know, one trip that takes 10 minutes or 10 trips that take, you know, multiple days. But it's really interesting because it's like an adventure. You know, it's a new adventure every every job. It yeah. might not be the most glamorous, but it's it's, it's fun. fun when you do it with your friends yeah. too, right? Oh, yeah, we have a great time. So who um, who's involved in this project? Yeah. So the first job I ever did um, was with Chase Spurrier. So he's a soccer player. I'm not sure if you've uh, taught him, but he's a great guy and he's super energetic and. We just go on these jobs and he really, you know, it'll be a morning job, but he'll be just so ready and absolutely amped to get after the day. Um, so I've been working really closely with him. I think he does probably 80% of the jobs with me and he's super reliable, super dependable. Um, but, you know, I do a lot of the outreach and marketing and, you know, I do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And he'll usually go all find a job and then just call, you know, a list out of some of my friends, some other guys like Danny Gallagher, uh, Charlie Slater will help on occasion, and I'll, I'll call those guys, and they'll just you know always always be able to help. Hmm. 
I like that. It's a good yeah. idea. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are always looking for that. You know, moving is the worst. Yeah, yeah. People hate it, but I think getting rid of things that people don't need or people don't want is a uh, it's a huge market. There are just so many. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll do that when you come home in the summers in college? Will that be a summer gig for you? I don't know. It's been uh, been pretty lucrative, so and I you know I really enjoy doing it. So I'd I'd love to kind of continue. I'm always trying to upgrade. You know, whether that be get a new you know trailer for the back of my truck or you know, make these small things that'll eventually pay off in the long run. I don't know how sustainable it is, but it's uh, definitely fun. It keeps me busy. And, you know, I learn a lot about business and customer relations and just making sure people are happy. So it's, it's a good time. Cool. Um, awesome. Well, Ben, let's get to your book recommendation. Yep. Did you bring a book or do you have a book in mind? Yeah. So I don't have a physical book. I have a, a copy on my iPhone. Got if, a PDF uh, version? A PDF version. Or I, I like using a Apple book, the books app on Apple. So okay. I, I always read and I kind of scroll through usually when I'm on the plane and, you know, at night's good. I'm also a big proponent of audiobooks. I love a good audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is called Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've read it, but it's a book about psychology. Daniel Kahneman? Yep, Daniel Kahneman, exactly. So I, I think I actually found this book off like a, uh, a TikTok or an Instagram reel. Um, it's, about, it's about psychology, but it's really just about how the human mind works and how you make decisions and really breaking down what you're good at and what you're bad at. And I think the thing that I love about it, I take a psychology class, but it's more just applicable to everything in daily life. So it breaks it down that you have your system one thinking and system two with system one being, you know, instinctive and stuff that you don't even think about, like, you know, recognizing, you know, recognizing that car is coming at you in versus system two which is really critical thinking, something that takes multiple steps. So it just breaks everything in life down to, you know, whether it's system one thinking or system two thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great book. I have that on my bookshelf. I read uh, a little bit of that for a psychology class in, yeah. in college um, with the professor had the best name of all time. His name was Fiery Cushman. Oh, well, that's that cool, his, man. That's a great name. All name team right there. Yeah, but Fiery Cushman. Thinking Fast and Slow. It's a great book. It's a big book, right? It's like 400 pages? Yeah, it's, it's 400 pages. Uh, but it's, yeah, yeah it's pretty, um, I wouldn't say it's an easy read, but it's it's a lot of, exp- it goes through a lot of experiments um, and a lot of trials to kind of prove that the, these cognitive processes, um, which I find really interesting. So I'm reading right now, or I, I'm rereading it actually, but it's talking about the sun cost fallacy and just how you could, that's something that you could really apply to your everyday life. I remember playing poker with my buddies over COVID and I kept on buying back in, buying back in. I'm not a great poker player. Uh, but anyway, and then someone's like, someone's like, man, you're stuck in sunk costs. And I was like, what is that? Um, and they basically explained to me that, um, you know, just because you've put so much in doesn't mean that you need to keep on doing it just because you're already in so deep. You mm-hmm. know, past performance is not indicative of future results kind of thing. Um, so when I was reading that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so familiar. And then that just kept on happening. Every chapter, I was recognizing these things I thought were only happening to me, but are, are universal in, uh, in thinking. So it's, you know, it's a great read. Hmm. So you take a psychology class right now. Yeah, it's, it's at RPCS. How's that going? It seems like you're into psychology. Yeah, I think I, I'm not necessarily as into, you know, psychology isn't something that I definitely, you know, would want to major in, but I think it's definitely an interesting subject. Um, my class at RPCS, it's good. It's um, well, it's good for uh, marketing and yeah. entrepreneurship if you're exactly. into that. You know, thinking about how people might respond to your your stim- stimulating them, yeah, yeah. whether it's through a, through an app or through an advertisement or whatever. Uh, 
you have to think about the psychology behind your marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like the pro- the effect of priming and you know showing these people these uh, these ads and in their subconscious, they're they're thinking. You know, I, I post a few ads on Instagram, and even though they're not, they're just scrolling past them when they think of getting junk removal. You know, maybe they'll think about you know me and Forno haulers and hire us. And you know, it, it's it's definitely applicable to every you know psychology is applicable to every area. Yeah, and I think especially now with how fast you can flip through like yeah. TikTok. Oh, yeah. If I'm not interested in the first point zero two mm-hmm. seconds, I'm going to the next one. Well, and that's, I mean, that's close to like how would you, you know, talk about being a teenager today? I think people just have su- like pretty short attention spans um, because that's all you know, social media is today. Mm-hmm. So I think just being able to, um, you know, ha- being able to capitalize on that. Yeah, catch someone's attention yeah. and hold it. Yeah. It's a very valuable skill. Very valuable skill. Like I think about the podcast and the first question that I ask on the podcast will be indicative of how long the person will listen to the yeah. entire episode. I'm sure, and I'm sure you get those insights on that and uh, I could probably see, which is, you know, cool, definitely cool tool for you. Um, but that's something, you know, I fall victim to, you know, I'll be on Spotify and I'll listen to the first three seconds of a song and if it's not good, then I'll just skip it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really everywhere. It's just a short attention span. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I think, I think next year at Wake Forest, that could be a really interesting class for you, you know, yeah, and maybe it's not what you're going to end up doing in the long-term future, but it's definitely going to inform yeah. anything that you do with business. And that's nice about the, uh, you know, liberal, liberal arts education. You could kind of uh, get to explore a lot of different areas, but yeah, I mean, maybe a you know, psych minor could be uh, in the future. Awesome. All right, Ben, well, um, maybe one more question today, yeah, if that's yeah, all right. Absolutely. Um, so... If you were going to, um, hmm, if you're going to recommend somebody for a podcast episode that you'd like to hear more from, maybe someone you don't know too much about at yeah. Gilman, um, maybe not like a good friend or a teacher that you've had before, or somebody we, even if it's somebody that we've already had on the podcast before, somebody you really like to get to know a little bit more. Sure, um, someone that I'd really like to. You know what might be interesting? If you have one of the guys from the cage on, I think that that would be a great episode. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, something to think about, or even like Coach Jordan or one of the guys in the, you know, one of the guys in the athletics department. I don't mm-hmm. think they get enough recognition. Or Mr. Chard, he's the maintenance guy. Yeah. But he's he would be good, and he's uh, he's a real interesting guy, and he's you know super friendly, but he'll he'll definitely talk your ear off. So those are two recommendations I got. For Mr. Ray is on my list. Mr. Ray, yeah. yeah, Mr. Ray would be really good. Yeah, we'll have to get Mr. Ray or Mr. Chard's another good example. Mr. Coach Jordan. Yeah, well, just Mr. saw him. Mr. Ray has been around Gilman, uh, you know, forever. So he would be uh, he'd be great, and he definitely has some some awesome stories for you. And your dad, too. Let your yeah, dad, dad know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been great, uh, you know, getting to sit down and talk with you. Uh, definitely been looking forward to it. So thank you for having me. Thanks very much, Ben. Yeah. Have a good rest of the year. Yeah, thank you. Awesome.